down with the muses, behind the music. You will be inspired to think higher, realize your gift. Join the muses and Michelle Madrina. Turn us up and through your speakers is the music. The music. And good evening. It is the muses behind the music. And I am your host, Michelle Fallon. Hey, let's go on ahead. I need one of those little clapping um, sound things uh, to welcome her, uh, Stephanie Christina. Hey, Steph. Yeah. (laughs) We here, girl. (laughs) So super excited to have you, Steph. Thanks so much for doing this. I thought that this was so important to be able to have a conversation, not about just the awesomeness of your music, because you are a singer, a pianist, a songwriter, but also that you have wrapped um, this element of law into what uh, you are doing. And that is so important because Lord knows, um, I'm seeing a lot of different things on social media platforms. And we're going to talk about that a little bit because you know, I think people need to know just how safe or unsafe they are really being when it comes to utilizing other people's music, utilizing their music. I know that we all know that Facebook has had this way of um, shutting folk down when they haven't been utilizing uh, their own. And I think that that's dynamic because, uh, I mean, the, the composers and the artists, they lose out Right. When we are playing their stuff and from one who writes their own music, I know that you can empathize with them um, firsthand uh, in experience. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about that. I want people to be able to see you in um, Living Color. So you are, tell us about the EP that you have, first of all, from the position of you being this dynamic musician. Okay, so the EP is is getting up there in age. Um, it was called The Hour. I actually was working on this my third year of law school. So we had Fridays off, and on Fridays I was in the studio trying to finish this up. Um, it was just a labor of love. I had been writing for a very long time, arranging for a long time. Finally got some people that came into my life to really help me bring the the vision into fruition Mm -hmm. so we went ahead and we did that it was such a fulfillment for me i can't Mm -hmm. if it was for no one else it was it was for me and the whole idea of that ep was timing it was it's called the hour and the first track is about you know something happening at um, a specific time and you recognizing the time Mm -hmm. and trying to get another person to come into agreement with you on that. Um, it was just a great, great project, a great, great learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what we got, and I say we, cause you know, you don't do these things alone. Right. Um, we got nominated for, I forget, it was um, like an international, like independent music award. We got nominated, we got on the ballot for a best urban EP. So that was a huge accomplishment for me. I felt really proud of that. A few years later, I released a single called IDK. Worked with the same people I worked with before, 
we won the 2019 Whammy Woo! for best for yes. song. Um, and again, that was again just an amazing blessing that mm -hmm. that was well received, you know, by our peers. So that's where I'm at. I did receive uh, release another single last year called Don't, and I'm working on some new stuff to come out next year as well. I love it. You know, it is so easy for us, especially um, when we have uh, social media. Social media, to me, it is a curse and a blessing. Absolutely. And if you don't know how to utilize it properly, especially for the young people, you can really uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually yes. find yourself in a rabbit's hole. And it can be so very dangerous. And so you've got all these people um, who are coming out and they're doing their TikTok talks and, you know, throwing up their videos of these little clippets of their voice. And so it brings people to have this competition like, oh, am I supposed to sound like that? And yeah. if I don't do runs, am I actually singing? And will people like me? And I need to, you know, it's like a lot of different things that, that are in there. You had on your Facebook um, this young woman who I guess is a producer but I like what um, you were saying about you having your EP and learning yourself because she was saying the very same thing that she wrote a show and the show is three years old and everybody is coming out. Well, when's your next thing? And she's like, the show is only old to the people who have seen it before, Exactly. but it needs to like develop. She's still trying to develop herself, which yeah. in turn would develop all of these other projects that's going on. So I appreciate exactly. that you said that because oftentimes I think that we are very hard on ourselves and society and, and in home because we've been cultured to force people to know what they want to do in life, where they want to live, what they want to eat right. all by the age of 18 years old. And as artists, so much of who we are grows along with us. Exactly. Not just goes, it grows along with us. It was when you were in your teenage years that I discovered too, that you were singing. I couldn't believe it. It's like an amazing combination that you can play and um, sing for yourself. Um, professional roles as a vocal ensemble. She got her law degree from American University, Washington College of Law. She has her own law firm entitled SKT Legal. Uh, and it focuses in on entertainment law, copyright, and trademark law, nonprofit law, and business law. Hey, listen, y'all, especially to the people who are out here writing songs. We will jump in this in a minute. Y'all need to know some um, real pertinent information to the success of your business because some things scare me. And I don't know that much about law. I do have a lawyer and God bless my lawyer for being able to give me um, some good sound advice, especially when contracts come in front of my face and I'm just moving through even social media. Like I didn't realize just how important that was. I love the fact that you are um, again, a musician and a lawyer. I'm not exactly sure how you find the time to balance all those things because these are they're they're connected thanks to the music but they still are very different um and they take different energies how do you find the space to balance do are you focusing in on one more than the other right now or are you actually trying to align these two gifts and make them work at the same time 
Well, normally when I'm asked about balance, my short answer is what balance? Um, <laughs> but I throughout, I, I've been running SKT Legal going on six years now. Wow. And I've been a professional music musician for way longer than that. And what I have learned is to ebb and flow with the opportunities and the needs of my clients as they're as they arise. Mm -hmm. But there are seasons where I'm on the phone all day, all week, mm -hmm. dealing with client issues. There are times when it, I have a little more time and can do more music. And there's times where I thankfully have a lot of musical things going on. Mm -hmm. um, I do, I have learned to kind of create space for the things that I want. So there, in a sense, I do have more of a balance where I'm getting fed from both of those. Yeah. And I say fed because law is is a professional skill, right? But what I why I do law and why I do music comes from the same place. Mm -hmm, which and is it's about creation. Yes. Um, what I have always used, if you ever get a business card of mine, it'll say SK Legal and it'll say at the bottom, create your vision. Yeah. So I work with people who are creators. If you're a business owner, you're a creator. Yeah. If you're a nonprofit, you know, um, founder, you're a creator, artist, creator. Mm -hmm. um, and also there's, especially with the nonprofit work, there's a healing aspect. Yeah. Most people don't go into nonprofits wow. for money, right? There is a need that they have perceived that needs healing. And music is a healer too. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's commonalities between the two that don't seem apparent at first, but I have really learned to draw on those connections um, to make it work for me, especially yeah. because it is very analytical. It can be stressful. Um, there are high stakes, high, high stakes situations. You're dealing with other people's investments. Um, there's a lot on the table sometimes, but if I hold on to the root of why I do what I do, Mm -hmm. And it can connect with the client that way. We get we get pretty good outcomes. Yeah. It's fulfilling for me. Period. That's yeah. it. Yeah. The fulfillment that you are receiving from that. And I think that becomes a part of the calling. What is the difference between, you know, the entertainment lawyer, a manager, and an agent? Because I think we kind of toss around those three words how interconnected are they? Can I go as an artist with one than the other? Like I, I tell you from my end, I have a lawyer. I don't have a manager or agent. In part, I don't really want to give up that kind of money. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm being really truthful about it. But, um, and I was speaking, you know, one time on the podcast with, uh, you know, Matthew Whitaker and the String Queens mm -hmm. um, manager about this very, this very thing. You know, everybody doesn't need it. The, the manager and the agent won't be the ones to bring you all of the fame and glory that you think that you're going to get. But how will I know? And what is the difference that I can consider in um, figuring out whether I need one versus the other? Well, sometimes the roles and the functionality of those figures can overlap mm -hmm. more so with agents and managers, because the whole idea is for them to get you opportunities, mm -hmm. right? Manager, I think, ideally has a more holistic role 
in the career and the success of the artist because the manager in my opinion has got to manage the team you're managing the artist you're helping them chart the course but you're mm-hmm. also identifying needs and pulling in resources or people um, in order to bring those plans into mm-hmm. completion so in in the sense of a role i think of a manager as kind of overarching they yeah they get their percentage for going make getting on the phone presenting you mm-hmm. to people who are able to provide you with um different opportunities helping you forge those relationships because really it's all about relationships right absolutely and, um, maintaining finding new ones all of that even recognizing when a certain relationship needs to end and Amen. how to do that in a way that is professional and that um it's in your best interest mm-hmm. so then you have agents who if you're talking about a booking agent you know their job is to sell you to and to like venues or mm-hmm. um, potential opportunities that are in a in alignment with who you are and what you offer. The attorney comes in to make sure that all those deals run smoothly. You know, in the traditional sense of um, the music industry, people paid entertainment attorneys, especially those who had a lot of major label relationships, a lot of money to just take their tape in and walk it in. Mm-hmm. So you have some purely transactional based functions of an entertainment attorney but entertainment attorneys do a lot more than that so when you when your booking agent says i have an opportunity for you and your manager says that's a great opportunity the entertainment lawyer says let me see that contract and i'll tell you if it's a good opportunity Mm -hmm. so we we have we have a job to make sure that those technical aspects of your arrangements and those relationships are number one clear right and that they make sense for the parties involved. Mm-hmm. And again, when I was talking about when a relationship ends, those contracts should determine how a relationship ends. And Very it's true. Clear from the outset. And that's one thing artists are afraid sometimes to approach uh, potential collaborators with contracts. And I say, well, if it doesn't go the way you want it to, what will you do? Well, we'll figure it out when we get there. Mm-hmm. And that's when you end up with a really big mess. Mm-hmm. And I, I joke around, but people who know me, as I say all the time, pay now or pay later. Do yeah. this work up front because then the expectation has been set. And so I often see my role in is working to understand the client's vision and then making sure that the technical elements are there to protect that vision. Yeah. I, in I, the I, entry and in the exit. I, I noticed that a lot of people, it's just that uncomfortable space of talking about money. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody wants to really deal with that, yet we want to get paid. Right. Would you recommend artists having an entertainment lawyer? Is it a necessity? Is it a necessity sometimes? Like, get a retainer and, you know, work it out with the lawyer that, you know, when I have such and such events, this is when I will contact you or I got these contracts in front of me. How how do you know? Could you? What is something really simple that if I can't afford a lawyer at any given time in my life, I have a contract in front of me and I want to know how do I read through it and know that it is to my advantage? The short answer to that question, to all of those questions <laughs> that that question begs, is it depends. Mm. There's no concrete way or piece of 
advice that will work in every situation. Gotcha. In terms of contracts, I say this all the time, and this you hear this literally every week where somebody's upset about a deal that they signed, and then they say, well, I didn't understand the contract. <laughs> right. If you don't understand it, you got to get understanding. And I understand that attorneys, not every attorney um, is accessible. I did um, spoke at a forum and someone came up to me afterward and said, well, attorneys, some attorneys, they turn me down or they may rub me this way. I said, there's other attorneys. You know, the one that you want may not be the one that's for you. And you've got to do the work. Um, some of, uh, attorneys offer consultations before you can need to make a choice whether to retain. You may pay a little bit. It may mm -hmm. be free, but you, you sh you'll be able to get some insight, you know, $50 for a time to ask those questions to say, is there a red flag here or is there not? Or can you tell me when I need to call you? Mm -hmm. Those will give you a lot of peace of mind. And it's not an investment like a retainer agreement is. Mm -hmm. A retainer agreement is really for when you know you have a steady flow or a steady need for a certain service or group of services. And so you arrange that with the attorney. You know, it really just depends. But again, with contracts, if you don't understand it, you got to get understanding. And it may start with asking the person who gave you the contract. I don't know what this part means. And can you write it? Can we come to understanding and make sure that it, it reads the way that right. you understand it? Mm -hmm. uh, because there are things in contracts called merger clauses, meaning mm -hmm. that whatever's in the agreement, the written agreement is what it is. So if you said something else and agreed on something else and it doesn't make it into the document, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people will argue, said, well, on that day at the studio, you said we was going to split it 50-50. The contract said 30-70. I signed it because I went off of what you said and not what I read. Mm -hmm. And now we have a problem, but yep. there's probably a section, um, what we call a merger clause that says, if it's not in here, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So even if you were to work on a contract with the third party, it doesn't necessarily mean that your legal interests are protected. So that's mm -hmm. why. Say that last part again. That's why. Um, that's why. <clears throat> that's why I say that it depends mm -hmm. when it comes to. How can I on my own make sure that something's airtight? Sometimes things are straightforward. Sometimes they are. So I'm not going to make it seem like, you know, every time you get handed a piece of paper, that's a need to, to retain someone. Mm -hmm. But if you're serious about your career, at a certain point, you're going to need a professional to look over what you're doing. Yeah. Because it's I about preserving your interests. We used to talk about the poor man's copyright. You know, mailing yourself back a copy back in the day. But we've got way too much access today to even think about doing poor man's copyright. Tell them, tell them, Steph, what they okay. need to do. So <laughs> the one thing people don't understand is that as soon as you copyright attaches when you fix an original idea into a tangible form. So back then it would be like I take my tape recorder and record my idea into this tape or burn, you know, recorded the studio and burn it on my CD. Even digitally, if I have a digital file, that would count. So you do have certain protection just in that. So actually mailing something to yourself was never necessary, but it was a way to um, create an additional layer of evidence that 
this was created on or around this date. Mm -hmm. But what's important about actually registering your copyright is number one, it puts everyone on notice that this has existed as of this date. So if you took it after that, you can't say that you weren't put on notice, right? Mm -hmm. And also in extreme cases where somebody's really making some money off of what you're doing, it gives you standing to sue in federal court for infringement. A lot of times people find out someone stole something and it's theirs, you know, they have evidence of the copyright, but I said, is it registered? Mm -hmm. Well, no. Well, if it's not registered, you can't get to court to, to fight it until it is. And there's a little safe harbor window for people who failed to do it. And then they found out later that someone was using it. Mm -hmm. But I try to tell people, just do it on the front and make it part of your practice. Yeah. Before you start publishing stuff. And it's so, the way that social media is, the way that our society is, is they make you feel like you got to put everything out to stay ahead or to stay in step with what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And that's just not always the right way. Sometimes it happens that way, but really you gotta be thinking, you have to be ready to play the long game. Yes. Right? And be able to protect yourself. And a copyright, you, you know, most people can go on and do it themselves. Um, some, I have some clients that have a high volume of output and then they just say, well, can you, handle it. Um, there are tricks that you can use to save money on the copyright fees. And I work with my clients to help them do protect themselves in as cost efficient manner as possible. But the thing is, registration is important, especially when you're preparing to formally release music. Mm -hmm. And where can you that. do that stuff? Where can you get registered? Eco.copyright.gov. There are so many other things that I would like to dive into uh, to ask you about with the law, but I want to go a little bit personal okay. with you. And I just want to know, uh, and we all want to know, what are some of your plans, one plan that you have in the next 10 years for yourself, whether it's, you know, in law, definitely um, in, in music, what, where would you like to see yourself be? Do you have an artist that you would love to do a collab with? My dream is to meet Stevie Wonder. That's a musical dream. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as I, I didn't, I started playing music way before I really got introduced to this, the level of songwriting that is Stevie Wonder, right? Mm -hmm. But I remember I was like 12 or 13 and my dad, we used to ride around and play music all the time. And mm -hmm. he played Intervisions. And... I could cry every time I listened to it. Yeah. And it always stuck with me because like the colors that were created. Yeah. You know, the, the, the clarity in, of that project, the yeah. message of that project always just resonated with me. So musically, <laughs> I just mm -hmm. want to meet him. Yeah. I, I, don't, I just want to shake his hand. Yeah. Um, so, honestly, because that was one of, you know, within top three of, people who through their expression of their purpose made it feel safe for me to do that yeah so okay. that on the musical i don't even need a collaboration mm -hmm. i'd like to talk to you for a few minutes and let you know how much what you did encouraged what i do I yeah don't, i don't care about that but it's just the courage to do that
And so what would you say to these young people who are out here who are maybe wanting to become lawyers or they want to become the musician tagged along with something else um, to, to bring those two giftings together uh, that hopefully you could inspire them something in your life, maybe a moment that, that you have that says, I told myself I could. Um, there's, there's a couple that come to mind, but before I want to answer, I, you were saying, you know, this people who have had the opportunity to sit at another's feet and just learn from them and have them pour into them. I mean, you were that for me. Oh, you were, Thanks, you were, I mean, you, you required excellence from me every time and you got to be around people that require excellence from you. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's been years, years mm -hmm. that you have done that. Either if I was literally like sitting in the room or watching you continue to do what you do. And, and I, I like really publicly want to thank you for that. And thank God for, for aligning that. But in terms of I told myself I could, when I decided to start a law firm, I decided I wanted to do a virtual one. Mm -hmm. This was in 2016. I didn't know about no pandemic or anything <laughs> like that. And I felt like, again, I was about how do I make this knowledge not sit stagnant because it doesn't seem like it aligns. I decided that I was going to do it. And everyone said, well, why? You don't, you shouldn't do that. You mm -hmm. shouldn't do it this way. You shouldn't do it that way. Well, I told myself I could because I was the only one that could tell myself that I couldn't. <laughs> Right? Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's I mean, so good. <laughs> and again, like for a lot of us, the battle is in our mind. And, you know, the, the first person talking to us when we get up is our thoughts. And if, if I couldn't take that insecurity that people are trying to throw at me, if I couldn't take that captive and say, hold on, I have the skill set. This isn't a delusion. You know, I have a plan. I said, well, I'm going to do this. And prayerfully and thankfully, you know, it worked out. But again, telling yourself you could is the most powerful step. Yeah, that's because it. that's a choice that you have made internally. How can people get with you, Steph? How, how can there's they... a lot of ways. All right. So, um, my main Instagram is I am Saint T. No weird symbols in between. It's just I am Saint T. So it will be two T's at the end. If you have legal questions and you want to see if a consultation is right for you, email. So the email for that would be S as a Stephanie S Thomas at sktlegal.com. S Thomas at sktlegal.com. And for professional music in inquiries, um, you can reach me at <laughs> soundvisionentertainmentllc at gmail.com. Soundvision Entertainment. LLC at gmail.com. But if you really just don't know where to start, you can, I give you permission to start at Instagram. If it's legal, <laughs> I'm going to tell you to email me where you need to email me. That's what's but up. Sometimes it's just easier for people to use um, Instagram as the first point of contact. So. Awesome. Yeah. This, this world of Instagram and so I'm, okay. I'm still trying to understand Instagram. I've just, it, it's whatever. One, one of these days I'll get to it. Listen, Steph, I love you. And I, I appreciate you, you so much. I'm so proud of you. 
so very proud of you. And um, I'm hoping we can have a Her Sanctuary reunion. We didn't even tell them. (laughs) Ooh, but then I'll tell those those stories. Don't. Let's not and say we did. Okay, right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not and say we did. Oh, thank you so much to all of the Musies who stayed right along uh, the line. You hung out with us for over 45 minutes. Good God, we're over an hour tonight, but it was so well worth it. Uh, please go again and share and like and love and uh, follow Stephanie, uh, follow her music career, support her. Thank you for supporting me. I'm forever so very grateful to all of you. I cannot do this thing without you all. I cannot. And um, I'm just hoping that it will get gooder and gooder. That's my word, but you can use it. I'm going to trademark that word, gooder and gooder. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll come to you, Steph, for the legal advice on that. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Until we see one another again. Peace, blessings to you all. Good night. Music. Music.